This podcast is sponsored by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls, just a great podcast app for everyone. Get it free in the App Store. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of Random Conversations with me, Elizabeth. Yay! I'm back, y'all. I'm back. <laughs> Are you guys tired of these mini hiatuses that I take? Should I be more consistent? <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying, but I'm back. We're back today. I'm excited for my guest. We are interviewing Tracy, Dr. Tracy Gilbert. Um, she has the TSOB podcast. She's a writer. She's a sex educator. All the good stuff. So I'm really excited to talk to her. And please uh, feel free to ask as many questions uh, as you want as you come in and out. This will be posted um uh, where you can find all podcasts, <laughs> as well as my YouTube page. You should check that out, Random Conversations with Elizabeth. It's going to be a bunch of random stuff uh, on there, you know, some TV reviews, you know, ASMR, and these interviews will be posted up there. So I'm really, really excited again, y'all, for, for my guest. Um, and y'all, thanks for joining me. Thanks for joining me. Um, Okay, it is six o'clock, so I am going. I'm going to pull Dr. Tracy in here. Dr. Tracy. All right, I'm inviting her. It's it's starting. <laughs> it's starting. It's yay! Oh, hi there. Hi 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 hi. Um, for those of you who don't know, this is. Dr. Tracy Gilbert. Um, what are your pronouns, by the way? Um, I'm comfortable with all things respectful. I predominantly go with she, sometimes they, but with anything respectful works for me. Okay. I was going to say she is a writer. She is a host of an amazing podcast. Y'all should check it out. Uh, TSOB, uh, sex educator and consultant and um, everything. <laughs> <laughs> Right, like contrary to my intentions, I do a lot of shit. You, so. do, you do a lot, and it is amazing. You're out here really doing the work. Oh, thank you. I <laughs> received that. I received that because it feels like that often. Yes, so. yes, yes. Oh, my God. Thank you for uh, coming on to my little, my little show. Um, yeah. Very happy to be here. Thank <laughs> you for having me. I'm so excited to talk about, just you know, race and sex. I have a expert here in that. And I wanted to ask, well, well, first off, what were some of your early inspirations for for what you thought was sexy, what you found sexy, either through Ooh. like music or television? Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, definitely. I think it's apropos that you asked that question during Black Music Month. Yeah, because I think music is the first place, and those who've been listening to the podcast know that's kind of what I'm on these last couple of weeks. Just really uh, thinking about the effects of music. Um, I said on the last episode with Louis Ortiz Fonseca that um, I everything I know about love and sex from that era I learned from music. I learned from listening to like R and B and listening to the earlier parts of hip hop and R and B when they were kind of coming together and making music together. And, um, and I really grew and deepened in, in my understanding of 70 soul. And so, um, 
music is really just kind of it. And that was like what was sexy to me. I mean, I think my childhood was a little bit different in that I don't think I was as tuned in to wanting to seek out sexiness or wanting to have sexy experiences. But um, I definitely knew that was a thing. <laughs> for, for me it was always um thinking about it was like and okay so <laughs> I I did really love in vogue but that um Ooh, yeah. it, giving them giving him something he can feel giving him something he can feel when mm-hmm. I was a little girl that ep- that like seeing that video and then them like on stage and I'm like moving I was like oh my god <laughs> that's sexiness like oh my god that's what sexiness absolutely Um, yeah I think I think um probably to to like pin it down to a more specific moment I do remember even though like I don't know what it was in me that just knew it was something that wasn't for me I remember my my mom my parents having sex so when I was younger I remember and what it was was I just remember it getting really quiet I remember music coming on, usually like Jeffrey Osborne, Luther Vandross. And I remember my mom being like, so watch this TV and do not move. (laughs) And I just remember like, I know, I don't know how I knew that they were, because no one said, we're going to have sex now. It was just stay here. And it was just like, okay, so something is going on. And I'm imagining it is probably I did know making love because I'd heard that in the song. So I'm like, maybe that's what it was. I just knew like, oh, something's going on. (laughs) And then probably roughly after like 30, 45 minutes, I would be like, okay, I need a sandwich now. So I would knock on the door. (laughs) So can someone feed me? Because I don't know what y'all are doing, but... I'm de- like I'm, I'm expired. I'm expired. <laughs> I, you know, that's that's. I have heard. I've heard my parents um, multiple times. I don't know, but it was still. I still thought, ill, yuck, yuck, yuck for them. I think it was still going back to music. It was still TV, um, and and being even a darker skinned girl. I remember any anybody yeah. who like. I remember there was an episode of of Martin where uh, Kenya Moore at the time was playing like the super sexy and I was like, Oh my God, she's darker skin and she's sexy. Um, Oh yeah. 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 Well, for me, that was, um, it wasn't really sex. See, I really didn't, wasn't clued into like sex in the way we kind of know it now in terms of that energetic erotic driven principle until roughly around, um, freshman year of high school with Jodeci. That was probably the first time that I was like, Hmm. Like, mm. and it wasn't the first time I'd heard, like, by then there'd been artists like um, DJ Quick, mm-hmm. uh, Candyman, like, H-Town, like, H-Town, groups that were, yes. like, singing about fucking, basically, you know, knocking those boots. Yeah. But it wasn't until, I think, then with Jodeci that it was like, mm, I feel this in my own Shondo. Mm-hmm. I feel like, ah, this is sexy. And... So, and, and it became something that I could even see myself embodying. Like, it just wasn't for me. It was like something that I witnessed out there, but it wasn't something that I thought for myself of like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. me. And so, yeah, I think so, it was very different that way. Sex educator, um, you've been doing this for a long time. Was there any sort of, not incident, was there anything that really inspired you to go, okay, I people need to learn and I can do that. Well, you know what? Um, it's funny. Cause you said sex educator for a long time. And I was like, honestly, I don't feel like I've been that long compared to some of my colleagues. I mean, 
it has been a long time in terms of it being a decade. I, it'll be a decade for me this year. Wow. Congratulations. But, um, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but I actually did not start off intending to do sex ed. I was just really very much interested in youth development mm. and it was doing the research around youth development. And at the time I was very interested in um, African-American identity and thinking about how young people come to under them, understand themselves as, you know, black people and, and what that is like for them. And that is what led me to sex. Because in doing the research around adolescence and African-American adolescence, everything about sex came up. Mm. And it was like, okay, why aren't we talking about race? Because all of this stuff was coming up and nobody was talking about race. It was just, well, you know this negative thing that we perceive to be the case for black teens is here and it's always been here. And it's like, but, but we know that like the differences between black teens and other teens are arbitrary, right? Mm -hmm. They're socially constructed and they're socially constructed based on race and racialization. Why aren't we talking about that? And then I started doing my own research and realizing like, Oh, we ain't been talking about it because nobody's studying it. Nobody's researching it. And that's where I was like, I can help with that. And so that's how I really got in. And, and um, of course, I took the kind of the traditional path of like, okay, I'm teaching sex ed, you know, I'm going to teach sexual health concepts. So I'm going to, you know, be, I was a condom lady for like many years. <laughs> and um, hey, I mean, I, I love that. that. Yeah, and not at all. I love that experience. And I love, um, I, I say that with pride. Um, but I was always very clear that I was very much interested in improving the quality of um intellectual experience for black folks as it relates to this topic what? because I felt like not enough of us knew like we're not looking at the right thing when we talk about our community what do you okay so what is the right thing what do you think is the right thing like and what I guess what were some maybe this is two questions but what were some of the misconceptions you kept running into as you were doing this work yeah. Well, a lot of them are, are things that we already know, right? Like the, the inherent, the unspoken rule that black sexuality is one hypersexual, like inherently hypersexual, that um, it is it is doomed, meaning that it is automatically connected to some negative outcome, whether it's HIV, whether it's um, at the time uh, teen pregnancy, but what we really mean is like unintended pregnancy, whether it is going to hell if we want to, like the idea that to be black and sexual is, is um, abhorrent, um, that it is ex inherently explicit, meaning that it is only solely focused on uh, the use of the genitals and the, the ways that why genitals you, work. Why do you about. think that is? Because I think people, I think it, it has been um, by design to inherently like misunderstand people of African descent, right? I think the, the whole advent of black people in terms of our social consciousness involved us being antithetical to whiteness, right? And so that required us, mm -hmm. that required those who, who called themselves discovering us and saving us. And it required them to other us in such an extreme way that we would literally be the opposite, right? So in that, it, it evolved that, that that's the only way we would be looked at as body parts and, you know, hyper expression and otherness and alienness, alien, you know, alien, mm -hmm. alien likeness and all of that. And so, yeah, it's by design. Wow. And so, yeah, but we have to, for me, I think that's why I wanted to do the work I did because I, I 
was still very much in touch with my own experience of, of having been that and wanting to push back on that to be like, nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to ask, was there anything even within yourself that as you were doing this, like, oh, like hit a soft point for you where you're like, oh, I thought I thought I knew this. And, I, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's two things that stand out for me. One, um, I don't know. I, I don't know um, where you are if, in your academic journey or if you're even part of the academy. But one of the, the terms that a professor told me that I feel like just stays in my heart is the idea that research is me search. Ooh. <laughs> right. And it's the, I, the idea that more often than not, that we are drawn to research the things that resonate with our lived experience in one way or another, whether it happened to us or someone we knew or, you know, something we saw out in our lives. It, it's what usually drives us. And so I was very much interested in trying to understand what well, not even trying to understand, trying to articulate what it was like to be me within this system as a racialized, sexualized and racially sexualized the body mm. um so there was that but um i'm realizing i'm i'm forgetting the last part of your question oh uh what was some of the the the, the misconceptions oh. you run into yeah yes and so even in my own self when i was doing my research um it, there were moments where i had to check in with my own self about what i had internalized about what it means to be black and sex sexual mm, mm. yeah even okay in one of the episodes uh, was it um queering sex ed i think yes. your podcast which was awesome y'all please check Excellent. it out <laughs> shout out to nefertari nefertari sloan came and held it down absolutely there was just so much in that uh in that conversation um there were two things you talked about performing blackness like performative mm-hmm. blackness but then you talked about how leaning into your queerness kind of helped you become more comfortable with yourself. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. Like, how can I do that? How can, how <laughs> <did> you, <laughs> right. How did you lean it? Like what? Yeah. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So for me, it's so funny. I just had this conversation with um, Jake Fedorowski with the queer, queer by birth, proud by choice podcast. Um, for me, it was really I was much more able to lean into it the more that I released the shame that wasn't mine to hold. And so being able to identify the pieces of myself that resonated with anti-blackness or resonated with. That's uncomfortable um, though. That's really uncomfortable. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Let's be clear. It ain't no walk in the fucking park and it's still a regular process. But um, this goes back to what I said about, early on about this needs to be discussed because I think we're not, I don't think as a society we're honest about the ways that racialization has caused harm Mm -hmm. to black and other folks of color. And I would even say white folks, but I'm not, I'm not here for them. Like my work is not centered them. Um, But I think especially for folks of color, we're not honest um, because uh, usually to name something we have to start we have to acknowledge that either we're going to do something about it which is really hard fucking work or that we're not going to do anything about it which means we have to sit with the fact that we're not going to do anything about it and so and it's it's hard but for me who I've, I've accepted that I've come to this life to heal to do the work of healing and to release it required me to be able to name like ah this is something that I've taught, 
I've been taught to think about myself or sexuality or sexual people in my community or what have you. And it is a function of this. And I recognize that even if at some point it did serve me, it no longer serves me now. But even thinking so, about how it might have served you. is also- Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I think about that all the time when we talk about uh, respectability politics. Mm. Right. Like we give respectability politics so much shit without acknowledging that, yeah, there's still communities in the United States where respectability politics will save your fucking life. Right. Like it will keep you on the planet. And Mm. so it's very different when you are moving with that politic because you perceive yourself as as that being authentic and being the right way to go. And that is just the better way. And you doing it because you recognize that it is a tool that's going to get you where you need to go. Right. Same with code switching. Same with, Hey Louie, I don't know if that's Louie or not, but I want to say shout out to Grand Veronis who just popped (laughs) in the chat. Hey, (laughs) you you know, feel free to ask questions or submit questions for Dr. Tracy. That'd be awesome. Um, I feel like, I wonder if it's the same with, you know, this, not battle, but this, this thing between cis women and trans women, you know, mm. I think, I feel like if cis women were to lean into, just lean into it more, we, you know, maybe it wouldn't be such a, uh, a tug of war or I don't know, such a misunderstanding. I'm not sure, you know, because. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, that's such a, uh, bigger thing because I'm like I don't know if we need to lean into or more so than lean out of and I mean lean out of our dependency on masculinity and the patriarchy and our relationships with men in order to feel validated um I think far too often much of the vitriol that comes from cis women towards trans women is feeling like their competition because I think it's the same dynamic that exists between um cis women, like cis uh, hetero women and queer gay men, right? This idea that somehow we're competing when it's like, that's the last, this is not the motherfucker we need to be concerned about, like quite frankly. So I think it's that we need to lean the fuck away from the patriarchy and feeling like we need to be validated through that relationship. Not saying that there is anything wrong with love. You know, I'm a proponent of hashtag black love. I think it's cool, but I think we need to, there's a healthier place to come to it, mm. a, a more sober place to come to it. And right now we ain't found it. A lot of us have not found it. Yeah. Yeah. It amazes me how, how much we've um, even just talking about, we'll see, you know, sexuality and, you know, who you're attracted to and who you are and how you, you know, um, I'm kind of glad that we're having this lean back, lean away a word. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, Javante. I see Javante. My friend has come in the room. Javante Williams, the homie. I think, um, but yeah, I think that is, uh, yes. Um, do you think that people are having, just in your opinion, do you think people are having less or, or more sex? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I, the research tells us that folks are having less, but I think that that also interacts with age, right? That, that, um, uh, what's, oh God, I'm missing my science word. Anywho, it, um, it's the C word. I forgot. Correlates. Yes. I'm like, I want to say corresponds. Look, look, I need to get my ass back in work, get my ass back to work and do some research so I can remember my terms, but correlates in the sense that like younger populations and younger generations tend to report having less sex. Um, I wonder whereas why. like, well, mm, I don't know. Um, 
my theories and my thoughts, but I don't know that they're right. I ain't tested none of them. <laughs> I do think that um, we have become so much more hyper inundated with sex in our society such that I think I think a lot of our younger generation they tapped out <laughs> like turned off I don't the tap like they're just like listen it's too much it's too much fucking like can I just <laughs> can I just chill can I just be can I, right can I just be right and at the same time I think it's it I, I will also say I think it's a little bit unfortunate because I think a lot of it has to do with the ways that we have pornographied sex so much don't get me wrong nothing wrong with porn what I'm saying is though that porn is like sex has become so much just about you put your genital here and do this. And then you get this, this feeling in your body, this physical feeling that we've like, like that is the literal tip of the iceberg of all the ways that we can be with each other and experience pleasure and experience fulfillment Mm. such that I think a lot of folks are just like, I'm good. I'm good because they don't. Yes. Unrealistic expectations. um, But I also think, underwhelmed expectation like they're like they're so focused on just the orgasm or just so focused on just like ooh the titillation that they completely over they underestimate all the good things that could actually come from the fullness Mm. of intimacy with another person and so I think a lot of and I think a lot of us are just like shit capitalism does them burnt us the fuck out we ain't got time to be trying to cultivate (laughs) like (laughs) We ain't gonna try to be trying to cultivate real full fulfillment from sex. What? Girl, I gotta pay these bills, right? And, and so just... I think that's also. But do you think that that's doing any? Okay, well, I... again, like your point just made, it's not just about sex. I guess I'm wondering, what are black people doing to heal themselves? We're we're trapped inside. Mm-hmm. We're seeing, you know, we've, you know, pe- black people have been being murdered constantly all the time but now we're we're trapped inside seeing this seeing this replayed over and over again over and over again I guess I just wonder what is it doing to us you know well I think so I so I think it's important to understand that the best way to talk about us as as uh what did Curtis Mayfield say uh we are the of the darkest few I forgot what he said Mm -hmm. but I know I know if that's Louis Louis gonna tell me what what Curtis Mayfield said but like we one thing I think it's important is that when we're talking about us, we need to honor the both and to recognize that African people have always had an amazing capacity to heal ourselves and an amazing com- capacity to facilitate healing in community. It is only when we distance ourselves from that or we forget that do we experience the, the bulk of our harm. Mm. And a lot of times when we're the more that we get un- inundated in whiteness and white supremacy we pull ourselves away from inundated in whiteness. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But when you look at like, this is part of the reason too, why I, I kind of feel sad that folks are having less sex. Because I think when you look at the, the trajectory of black folks, I think we've always been able to find healing in, in the historical ways that we like, we built community with each other. We physically brought our bodies together. We sang together. We danced together. We fucked together and we were able to hit we we made babies to get like you look at our trajectory and you see that that's how we survived because we knew how to triage mm. at the end of the day and um and I so I think it's in us and I think that's why a lot of us are still here I think when you look at the major movements that have happened over the last few years Black Lives Matter in particular I think 
you see the remnants of that still happening where we're like, nah, we still know how to come in and do what we need to do, mm-hmm. whether it is, you know, raising up a chant, whether it is giving somebody a hug, whether it is, you know, starting a healing circle, whether it's starting, you know, whether it's, it's starting a podcast, it's happening, <laughs> kiki, you know, whatever. Um, and it's just a matter of being able to see that for what it is yes. and help us, um, be more intentional about owning that because it's our birthright. It's our birthright. And I think the more that we uh, move away from the historical narratives in terms of like, well, I don't want to hear about slavery and I don't want to hear about that. I get that it's still harmful. I mean, that it hurts. But the, the further we get away, I think we have to be careful to not leave the, the traditions and the blessings that we got from that. It's, the, in terms of the the skills that we cultivated and the gifts that we oh, cultivated wow. to be able to be because I will say I probably have been one of those people who are like ah oh, I just I don't want to I just don't want to hear anymore I just want to mm-hmm. skip it I just want to I just want to skip into the future but it is right. uh, huh. you can't we we not that's not our tradition you can't you are, especially look especially if you start getting deep and you recognize that all time is the same at the in the moment we are all in the present moment at the, like you think you and <laughs> and it's ironic to me hold the phone it's ironic to me how much so i i warn you and the folks who are listening now that i'm over 40 i have reserved the right to be auntie so if you got an issue with what i'm about to say feel free to hit my dms up and we can talk the fuck about it but i find it real ironic that a lot of our younger folks talking all this shit about oh ancestors i love my ancestors and i'm gonna venerate my ancestors but then you talk about slavery and it's oh i don't want to hear it you you talking about oh i don't want to hear what what the fuck are you calling them up for what are you calling them up for if you don't want to get the full story if you don't want to get the full gift that is what veneration is that's true it's just like uh i just want the good stuff i want the good stuff And you only get the good stuff through the work. You have to do but and but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I get it because I get that a lot of younger folks perceive themselves as to as having less power than they do. Mm-hmm. And and so when you perceive yourself as not having a lot of power, I can see why you don't want to do like I don't want to hear this shit because you perceive yourself as not being able to take it. Yeah. The yes. reality is that y'all are so fucking amazing. So, like, if I had half the courage that Gen Zers and even young millennials and even, like, older millennials had, I swear my life would be so much different. Mm. And I don't, I don't begrudge my journey, but I also, I need y'all to understand that y'all have so much power. I know it's fucked up and I know, but if you are, if you can remove yourself from being plugged into this narrative that's going on in our country, that all is doom and gloom and all like understand that that shit ain't got to have shit to do with you and what you came to this planet to do. I swear to God, y'all can save us. <laughs> like for and save yourself. Well, I, I was, I was talking to my brother about this and I'm like, I don't, I have respect for the older generation because I'm just like, I don't know if, all the things that's going on and like, you know, depression and all the, I don't know if I have the energy that, people from the like that my, that they had in the past you know what I mean to get up and actually I mean even when you think about like uh the the uh what is that the travel book was it the green the green book the green book mm-hmm. 
He had to yeah. do that. He had to actually get up, get in his car, drive around, write the stuff down. Find, like, yeah. And I'm like, damn, what would, would I could I can I do that? Could I do that? Well, here's the thing. You can do it. And the question is, well, one, well, okay, two pieces. One, you can do your version of that. You can do it, but it's not going to look like theirs. And it's not supposed to, because mm-hmm. we're not living in the same context, right? Yeah. Like, like me being a professor, a, a, a researcher that is studying sexuality and race, that would have not been useful 60 years ago. Like, nobody gives a fuck about that right now. Motherfuckers are dying. Nobody gives a oh. shit about your fucking book. But I'm in a place now where it matters. My book matters. My thoughts and my research matter. Ooh. So what you need, what your gifts are, what you, y- y'all's gifts are for now, it is absolutely here for now. Here's the other thing, though, and this is something that, this is what I mean when I'm talking about it's difficult. A lot of folks are going to have to make some concrete decisions and and make some shifts in terms of where you're giving your energy because it's like yeah a lot of y'all can't do what you are called to do because you're so busy focusing on shit that ain't yours to focus on and that's not no that's not even shade that's just fact if you literally if your if your job is to come here and be you know hell i don't know be a farmer but your ass is trying to go, you know, be at the hospital and, and put needles in people's arms. You literally do not have the energy to do the fucking work you came to do. So and it's tough because I know that particularly Gen Zers, the whole thing of like, if, if people don't see me on social media, I don't know that I exist like that. Yeah. I make fire away and all yeah. of that. It's like you got to You have to believe that what is for you is for yeah. you and what is. Well, like what? <laughs> but it's true, right? And and, and I, don't get me wrong. I this is shit that I've just learned within the last five years. Mm. Like I took a whole hiatus from social media over the past, like just the last year, because I had reached the point of burnout trying to be shit that wasn't for me to be. Trying to show up on social media and, and trying to be a social justice activist and trying to trying to fight every fight and when I was burnt out it was like I felt like for me it was like finally like okay so you ready to to redirect Mm. because now now that you're clear about what you're supposed to be doing look at how you don't have the energy to do that yeah so I had to take literally like I think I it was maybe six months and the last post I made just this past week was the first post I had made in at least three months. That was wow. like, here I am. I'm now going to be part of this center. And, and what, I got 400 likes on that, right? Like people were still here. The audience that is for you is here for you when you are ready. But you have to step into what's for you. You have to step into yours, not anybody else's. Nice. And you can't find out what yours is if you don't stop focusing on what, every, what is everybody it's else. It's easy. It's I. That's true. It ain't that's easy, true. But that's okay. <laughs> but it's possible. Because it's like, you know, you can get lost in the sauce out here. Listen, <laughs> like I, I don't I, I have I admire y'all because there's no way I could ever be young as a young and I'm not I mean I'm young, but I mean like I, I could never have been in my twenties. Like that was a really fucked up time for me. And there's mm. no way I could have done it on social media. Like y'all are amazing. Y'all are amazing. Well, I'm, 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 I'm edging. I'm, I'm in my 30. So I'm. Okay. See, so look, so you might even be able to look back and, and see like, yeah, 
I'm just (laughs) time wasted, time wasted on wanting to be just a part of the party, wanting to be seen. You know, there was a lot of times, even as a, uh, I mean, so many things I think I rejected. Um, I just wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be liked, you know, even, even thinking about like femininity and like, you know, as a darker skinned woman, I guess, I don't know. I always feel like I wasn't a part of that conversation. I always felt like. Listen, child, look who you're looking <laughs> at. I know. I know that. That's And that's how I know. I wouldn't have been at. Look, I barely made it through the 90s. Oh, when, my when God. When light-skinned girls uh, were a thing. Like, I barely made it through that. So the idea of having to do that publicly on a social media. Yeah. <laughs> hell no. So I get it. And, and, and I want to offer, if you'll allow me, mm-hmm. I want to offer that it's not a waste. There is no such thing as a waste, right? Like everything we go through is meant to further us in some kind of way. It offers us some kind of benefit. And so the, the question is, once you can see it, once you can see better, once you your eyes are open more, your, your purpose is clearer, your intentions are clearer, then the question is, what do you do with what you've been through? How can mm. you use that? Right. Because for me, for example, I could not be where I I am being able to talk about racialized sexuality and articulate it as clearly as I know it to be the experience it is. Had I not gone through being that awkward, fat, black, dark skinned femme in the Midwest that nobody was checking for that, you know, I couldn't be able to do what I do now without that. And and I know Louis co-signed it because Louis can say the same thing. Like Louis has a whole ministry that is built on on his experiences. Right. Mm. And, and, and yes, there might be pain in it. And yes, there might be those things, but there's pain in all life. Yeah. And so the question is, how can you transmute that? Mm-hmm. Right. How can you can transmute that to create the whatever your ministry is meant to be? And I'm try- I'm not getting churchy. I just mean no, ministry in the I- <laughs> general spiritual sense. Yes. Right. Like what is your calling and your purpose? Oh, so, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. You know, trying to trying to find my way back, even thinking about that or thinking about my past, even bringing it to sex. I realized, mm-hmm. man, <laughs> so much of my 20s, uh, and even, you know, yeah, as of late, I just have not been having good sex. And that's because I haven't been having sex with people I actually like. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> right? Ain't that, ain't that some <laughs> shit? You know, ain't and, that some yes. shit? And it's like, every time I'm like, why am I not enjoying myself? Like, it must be, you know, and I kept thinking, it must be something wrong with me. It must be a me thing. It must be a me thing. Until I'm like, no, you, well, in a way, you just don't like these people that you're, you're, you're having touch and enter your body. Like, probably stop doing that. I was going to say, it is only to the degree that you are neglecting what you genuinely desire for yourself. So it is your fault in that sense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, but how often do we do that? And how often are we socialized to believe that we have to do that in order to be loved, in order to be desired, in order to be accepted, Mm. in order to even have the chance to possibly be marginally fucked in a way that we enjoy, right? (laughs) Because especially as femmes, right? We are socialized to perceive our pleasure as being the the result of someone else's effort. Right? Yeah. Like, like for yes. real, right? And I, and I you know, I, I gave all R&B all their props, but R&B taught a lot of bullshit <laughs> about that too, right? About like, oh, your orgasm comes from someone else. Your pleasure, <laughs> if they're being nice. And, and sometimes not even then, because we also taught the lie that it's supposed to hurt 
and that you know and and don't get me wrong it, oh my god yes <laughs> if what? you enjoy pain that is one thing however that that is often not the narrative of most folks with vaginas that yeah. we enjoy physical pain or it, the penetrative sex of being penetrated right that we enjoy that pain mm, right mm, we're supposed to and enjoy so, it supposed to just take it you're supposed to take it and and if you like it's 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 something you know folks who are doing the penetrating they're supposed to be looking for you to pull back and be like oh it's too much right so you can be like take it take it take it take it right that's the goal and some folks are into that most of us are not and yet yeah. we have not questioned it that is true i wonder what how that you know the, all this pain and and it okay talking about sex and how it okay I've always been interested in, okay, what does porn have to do with, I wonder, is it like a chicken and an egg thing? Like what do we, do we control what the, what porn is made or like, is it made? Oh, yay. That's awesome. Is it, (laughs) is it made in response to us? Okay. For example, when a lot of the black lives matter stuff was going on in particular, just Mm -hmm. recently with George Floyd, I, Yay! That's awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm just responding to comments, y'all. If, um, that there was an uptick in like black porn, but specifically like interracial, like you know, like the uh-huh. company's Blacked is a company that's a big company. Uh-huh. Um, um, there was a lot of that, and even even not even with black, like when we first were in like Iraq, like um, I've been watching porn for a long time. So <laughs> when we were first uh-huh. in Iraq, I noticed. Uh, hijabs or hijabs or um, maybe Uh you know women with that in a lot of the porn scenarios or scenarios that kind of like you know soldiers maybe you know it's a lot of right 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 right. no I get you so I think it's important so so I will preface this by saying I am not the expert on pornography Mm -hmm. at all by any stretch I've studied it just a little bit however what I will say is that what we know to be certain is that the porn industry by and large is not catered to us, right? Like it's not built for our dollar because we're not the largest consumer, right? The largest consumers are cishet white men. Well, and, and I say consumers as in watchers because we're not even getting into who actually pays because the reality is that porn is so fucking unethical in terms of like yeah, the true. money and all of that. Yep. Um, but when we find that that is the typical audience that things are catered to, then it follows that the trends tend to follow in terms of what's searched, what's used, what's consumed. Um, you're going to say something. No, I was just thinking like, so then, dang, how many people are typing in like, you know, I mean, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, it's a lot of white cis men consuming porn like just and, and if you think about it if you think about it porn is the place that we can go to act out the shit that we're scared to do in real life or scared to imagine in real life right usually people perceive their their searches to be private so it's like oh i could just go in here and type this thing right which is why among femme folks uh regardless of express sexual orientation women on women is the the main piece tripping is one of the main things because it's well, like no. oh i can go here i was gonna say his pioneers people type I mean, just as 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 a person who watches porn, I have typed in things that I want to see yeah. specifically. So yeah, I I type. Oh yeah, oh absolutely. <laughs> yeah, folks, <laughs> folks know what they're looking for. Like people, are, and that's the other thing, right? Like I think um, the inundation of porn on um, 
on the webs makes it so that people assume, oh, I just stumbled on this thing. No, 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 no. Nine times out of ten, yes, there are the things that are considered to be kind of the most popular and the most main, quote unquote mainstream. But folks know what the fuck they looking for when they go on, even if they don't they don't spell it out right. But they, <laughs> That's true. They know what they looking for. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then and then we recognize the algorithms based on what you type in might recommend other things, mm-hmm. but it's not a coincidence mm-hmm. that uh, you know at a time where folks are think you know highly charged around race people aren't saying mm, let me think about this let me soak this piece like let me soak this fantasy let me see what i can find in terms of race play like that's not coincidence i just so. wonder how that and i wonder why we why is that sexualized like why what do we fi- like uh yeah. Well, well, it's also about power, right? Like we know, it, like we know, all, very often it's about power, and and in our society we exert power through violence, typically, and often um, we don't we we may not we don't necessarily code it or talk about it as being violence, but when we think about porn, usually those interracial scenes, you know, just based on my research, <laughs> they're not usually. Oh, this loving interracial couple right. is having a right. relationship, right? That's it's not usually some, what it is. It's usually like, like gangbang, you yeah, know, it's yeah. something that has gangbang in the yes. title, right? Yeah. And so I think, um, you know, that's that's an extension of that. That is the extension of needing to express this, exert this violence. And so how, I'm, how am I going to do that, quote unquote, um, low stakes or safely, right? Maybe I'm not going to go take my car and run over some protesters, but I will get on this porn hub and see who I can find that's getting their back blown out by 15 people getting a train run on it. Oh, low st- That's very interesting. It's a, it's kind of, yeah. That's, that's just, that's, you know, and, and I think that that corresponds with the history of racialized sexual violence or racialized violence against black bodies, mm. right? If you look, even when you look like to me, I've always paid attention to not just the heinousness of crime, but like the sexualization of it. So the fact that like nine times out of 10 black male assigned bodies that were being lynched were lynched one because they were, they were assumed to have raped. Like they were, it was usually for false perceptions of rape. And then usually after they were um, lynched, there was usually some type of grotesque behavior or something that happened to their genitals. So having been cut out or, um, you know, something oh. that, that was about related to the genitals, right? Yes. And when you look at femicide bodies, right, there's even stories of, like, pregnant women having their, their wombs cut out and those sorts of things. The lady, right? like, what, what's her name? Uh, and I, the the woman who, I'm still, like, the woman who was uh, dissected and her, 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 her oh. butt was placed in a museum. Yeah, Sartija Bartman, Sartija Bartman, which, which is not her actual name either, but that's the one that we've kind of, uh, understood her as yeah, um, Sartij Barton, Barton, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Charles um, was semi-autistic. He. Oh, um, we're noting. Okay, so the the person. Okay, and I and I think I think I appreciate this comment. So the comment is that uh, the person who ran over folks at Charlottesville was semi-autistic. He was unwell, not to justify his crimes. It was just to note that um, I think it's interesting to to note that there are intersections where of disability and other experiences that are important to pay attention to. And yet I think it is also important to note that um, a person having a a disability does not absorb, like it doesn't change their capacity or 
absolve them of what they do. But also, um, it is important to acknowledge that that does not change the way, like, it, I'm, I'm trying to figure out exactly what I want to say here. What I want to say is that it is, it is not impossible that that person's fulfillment of that crime is not also representative mm. of other folks' intention and desire to fill that crime. Okay. And I would say for every one person who did that, there was at least 50 or 100 folks who were like, damn, I wish that would have been me, who, who did not have any type of mental incapacitation or, or any type of a, a difference in terms of how they, uh, uh, in their cognitive capacity or abilities or whatever. Mm. That's just, they just happened to see somebody else who fulfilled that for them. Mm. And, and, and I think we also have to acknowledge the ways that we are willing to look straight for that, like disability in that case, right? Like, yeah, tell me what it ma but tell me why it matters. we know that. Yeah. Tell me why we know that about that person. And we didn't know that about the victims of police violence. I love right? Like, tell me on. why we're willing. Yeah. Um, Tell me why we're willing to do that work to find the backstory about a white person who's caused Ooh, harm against, right. against folks. Right? Tell me why why that matters to us to point that out versus, you know, the um the 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 experiences of those who are experiencing that harm. Yeah. So um Oh wow. We'll so see. I love these comments, y'all. Thanks for yeah. commenting. Um um, and I appreciate I appreciate his pioneers saying you I, you can tell me but I but I it, I don't want you to tell me literally why we're pointing it out. I want us to be willing to be curious about the reaction to look for something to look for something to say to say oh well oh you know but like for example how likely or how common is it that when black and brown folks commit crimes our first thought is well what was going on exactly with mentally. What was going on? What was that? What was their? I wonder if they were having a bad day. <laughs> yeah. Like what was, what, what, what was their, you know, what's their IQ? What's their capacity? Right. Ooh, um, that's never, that's never I really think, talked about. Not at all. Not at all. And um, I think, well, I will say, I think as we, as more folks in disability rights are starting to elevate the conversation, I think we're starting to see it more. Like someone pointed out, that George Floyd had a disability of some kind. I, I, I'm not sure exactly what it was, but someone was able to point that out. And so I think, you know, uh, folks in disability justice are helping us do that work a little bit more diligently. Mm -hmm. But I think we also still need to be mindful of the times we want to whip that card out versus mm -hmm. just sitting with what is possible and is also likely in terms of people just being motivated by hate mm -hmm. um, and racialized hate. So uh, mystic mystic. I think that's the name it says, or in general, the father of gynecology and the idea of the, of the black or POC folk don't feel pain as much as whites. And that has the reasoning behind his experiments without consent. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, like I was driven to do the work that I do because of that through line. And, and not only just the, <clears throat> the acts, of violence that were done, but the justification underneath it, right? Mm. Like when you do the when you do the clear research, understanding the ways that people justified the harm caused on black bodies, you will see that there was a literal consciousness that direct that that directly linked blackness to death, which is which is how I define anti-blackness, 
right? So, um, like a, a lot of my, much of my work of racial sexual racialized sexuality sexuality is rooted in the 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 baseline theory of anti blackness and that this this country organized blackness and black and by descent by de- uh, extension Afro descended people through the lens of, of death, right? So, so the idea was, you know, we have these folks, we need them, not even folks, we have this chattel, we need them to produce a nation for us. All we need to be concerned about is whether or not they are functional enough to do the work. So, you know, that affects medical care, that affects, um, you know, that affects relationships, that affects breeding, that affects like like access to nutrition, access to all the things that now we find in Black communities are persistent issues and inequities. Mm-hmm. It connects all to all of that, mm-hmm. right? And so, of course, when we're talking about sexual vitality and wellness, like who gives a fuck about that? Like, what <sighs> you mean, right? And it's... then you and and then you have, I mean, and then you have the the internalization of it and the perpetualization of it with generations. It's like. And you amplify that on top of, you know, amplify that with capitalism and that, again, we still trying to build this nation. So even though you're free in terms of slavery, you still need to get some coin because we're not giving you reparations. So you need to catch up to what we doing. Right. (laughs) Um, And so you ain't got time to talk about love and sex and pleasure. Maybe y'all gonna make some babies and y'all gonna fuck because you you know how to heal yourself and de-stress. But you're not going to vitality, wellness. And that's Where? not fair. It's not fair that we haven't. At that, all. That, that's a that's. I feel like we've been so busy just trying to to live and 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 fighting to live and be just respected as human beings that we haven't had the full capacity of what it is to be human. I I feel like I don't know. I feel like yeah. and even with sexuality, yeah. we haven't had time to fully you know, figure that out yeah. because we're so, we, yeah. we've been having to protect ourselves from so much bullshit. And it's absolutely, absolutely. But that's what makes to me, that's what makes this such a, a watershed moment. And this is why I come back to what I said to you earlier about what I feel like um, the young, now that I know how old you are, the younger generation, but also, but also yours and mine is this, this recognizing that while there's still a lot of us, a le- lot left to work through, there is still so much more that is available and accessible to us than has been in previous generations Um, in terms of opportunities to sit and even just start dissecting some of these things. Mm. And so when we, when we do the, when we, we are saying, Oh, well, I'm not comfortable. I don't want to hear this story anymore. I don't want to da, 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 da. I don't want to da, 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 da. It's like, okay, if that's what you desire, but then also keep in mind, or if you feel like that's what's working for you, but keep in mind, when we're talking about liberation, you got to, how you gonna liberate? You can't you can't be like, oh, I'm gonna put this to the side and go be free. Uh, that ain't how that works. It's, it's colonization started. It, it it rested in the mind. So how you gonna go be free with a colonized mind? Ooh. Right, right. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> that is very true. I just I I again I think it's just. Actual facts, Miss Q. Yes, change is Change's built, from, built from discomfort. Yes. It's cognitive dissonance. Literally, cognitive dissonance is what sparks the human development, mm. right? It's just like uh, I don't know. I just see so. I just. I. I mean, I can see people just getting lost because it's kind of like, for for even for me, like the more that I, 
And I guess I'm trying to figure out a balance in my life for like, with everything going on, I feel like it, it's, it keeps me away from white people. And that's not a bad thing, but I don't want to, I guess I don't want to be seen as like, what am I, what am I afraid of being seen as? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm still fleshing so, this out. Tell me, you head. said you, you want to be, you, it I feel like you the, away from white people. I feel like the more that I learn about uh, what we went through and the trauma that still exists and like, st- like, you know, it makes me angry and it makes me mm-hmm. want to distance myself from them. Um, uh-huh. I hear that. Here's the thing. Of course it's going to do that. You have to go. It's a process, right? Like, it's like being in an abusive relationship. Yes. Yes. And it's not even like, it is a fucking abusive-ass relationship. We have an abusive relationship with this system. We all do. And maybe one day you'll get to the place where you're like, I can hold space for you in my life again. But right now you fucking beat my ass. What do I look like? continuing to be in relationship with you at some point i have to say even if i desire to reconnect with you right now i have to disconnect and and let's be clear i'm not saying it always has to be not everybody feels that right it's a whole lot of people in marriage relationships and they do like in interracial marriages and mm-hmm. they doing the shit in their relationship and thriving yeah that may not be your journey. You may have to be like, you know what, right now, I can't even fuck with y'all. I can't even. Mm. No no new friends, no white friends. No. You have to go through that, right? But I tell you, from my own experience, it is far more beneficial to my life and far more edifying to be in authentic relationship with white and non-black folks than to be performing some shit that does not feel good. To be for performing because I don't want to be seen as that girl. Oh, yeah. Particularly, particularly, here's something else I want to offer you, Elizabeth, from my own journey. Particularly when you understand that the wrong white folks don't give a shit how you show up. They're only going to see you the way they want to see you. Mm. I told mm. you, my, when you, you asked me about uh, authenticity and pride and all that shit, I was far able, I was far more able to do that when I reached a place where I was like it really don't fucking like I can't I can't fix change how you feel about me I can't do it all I can do is literally be myself so if I'm going to be in this space if I have to interface with systems if I have to connect with with these folks I might as fucking well just be myself Mm. because there's no way I can get you to do anything different and then, and then I learned why should I try? Let me just be myself. And 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 I t- the right people, the right folks come to my life, mm. right? A lot of folks were probably there was a point in time in my doctoral program where where I think a lot of folks really assumed I didn't like white people, that I hated white people. And I'm like, motherfucker, I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I grew up <laughs> in the fucking Midwest. You cannot be a black person in Midwest and not have no white friends at all. Ohio. Like it's not it's not possible. Right. Thank you. But right? I got family in Ohio. Like I fucking know. Yeah. Right? And and, and and so I'll even offer you this as a black person from mid- the Midwest, you have a right to take a break from white people. <sighs> I, I I encourage you, every single black person that's ever spent a substantial amount Girl. of time in the Midwest, whether you grew up there, you deserve it. Because it, it takes a special 
resilient to be inundated, like to continue to love yourself or to even do the work to love yourself in a place like the Midwest as a black person. I think any person of color, but especially black. And so like, honestly, I'm like, quite frankly, I've been around enough white people that I should never have to be around another one ever again. (laughs) Fuck y'all. I shouldn't. But fortunately, I don't have a life that's organized that way anymore, but I need to organize it that way. Mm. But the only reason I'm able to have that is because I did the work. I did the work to own what was mine, to heal what was mine, and to release the shit that don't belong to me. Such that now, I'm not I'm not letting y'all shit fuck my life up. I'm Ooh. here for the reason I meant to be here. And if you're meant to be in a relationship with me, that will be revealed. And we will move accordingly. But I ain't trying to pre- impress none of y'all motherfuckers. Especially once I learn how unimpressive a lot of these motherfuckers are. I'm telling oh you, look. God. Yes. The, the last four years changed a lot, too. Like, y'all let, y'all, let, <laughs> y'all let the last four years happen and I'm supposed to try to impress you? Fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, that's... Ooh, I love this question. I love this question that Miss Q just asked. Have I ever dealt with imposter syndrome? Yes, oh, yes, yes. Because do people, you know, look at you and go, oh. Uh, and that, yeah. Yeah, and just kind of like uh, talk over you or talk at you yeah. or, and how do you handle that? It's impossible. I think it's impossible to have any type of marginalized identity and not at some point feel like an imposter because that's what you're inundated with. That's what you're taught to believe. Like it is inherent to the thriving of, oppressive systems that somebody has to perceive themselves as being inferior. And so if you are in that system and you are uh, at a marginalized identity in some kind of way, then you've had at least one experience of someone making you feel or trying to teach you to perceive yourself to feel less than. Period. Is this because I'm coming to the world as a new sex educator? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But see, so this, I don't know if you were here when I was saying this earlier, Miss Q, and I don't know how old you are, so I apologize if this is kind of, uh, you're like, don't be patronizing. <laughs> but, um, but, I, but this is why I, the strong thing that I encourage is for people to do the work of figuring out what your particular niche is. Um, if you want a book that explains this a little bit better, and it's actually written by a white person. The book is called Lynchpin. L-I-N-C-H-P-I-N. The author is Seth Godin. And what he talks about is the value that individuals bring to, he talks about it within the context of like workplaces and like that sort of shit. But I think it can be, it's a good message for all of society. When you are in tune with what you bring to the table, the unique lens, gifts, talents that you bring to the table, can't nobody fuck with you. Mm. However... You have to do the work to figure that shit out. Because if you're going, yes, I, I can type it in. Let me finish. Um, let me just finish real quick. But if you are if you are moving about the world, waiting for something out in the world to help you define who you are or to not even to help you, because I do think you can be inspired by yeah. stuff in the outside. But if you are using the outside world to give you a definition of who you're going to be, you're going to be pers- persistently disappointed. And, and if not worse. So you have to do the work of going into yourself and determining what do I, what am I here for? What do I want to be here for? What am I driven by? Who am I driven to serve? Mm. Right. My, my good friend, Erica Hart always talks about who is this for? 
What, who is your work meant to be for? Who is this for? Who are you meant to be here for? And, and once you figure that out, hold on to that shit. Hmm. Hold on to it because it's going to be what keeps you going. Um, you said the book was throughout the entirety of your month. Yes. I'm typing it in right now. So the folks listening, it is Lynchpin, L-I-N-C-H-P-I-N. The author is Seth, S-E-T-H, Godin, G-O-D-I-N. And I do apologize if y'all do some research and find out he's racist or some other shit. I don't don't know. But the book blessed me. That one and Dip. Both books, both blessed me. Uh, Oh, my goodness. Seth Godin, check him out. Uh, But yeah, like I think like re- we're at a really beautiful time I think in our society where where I think society's just calling like the success is belonging to the people and I mean success in terms of fulfillment in mm-hmm. terms of a you know just just moving in the flow to people who are in tune with themselves mm. they're just in tune with them and and know like the, the, the idea, the time is out for like, oh, go do this thing over here that somebody else is doing. Right, right. It's like, what you here for? Right. What you here for? Oh my goodness. Be that. Dang, Dr. G. Be that. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful time. What's the, the old, what a time to be alive. Oh what my goodness. Um, that was, Yeah. No, you're right. I'm like, I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking all of this in. I'm taking all of this in. Um, yes. I want to steal. Some well, questions. let me ask you some questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me like, why did you decide to do this podcast? Tell me like, what's your, what's your aim? What's your intention? Um, oh gosh. I mean, I, I did this podcast because I, I want to humanize people. I just want to humanize mm. people. I, um, I, you know, That's I want to, I just want to showcase people of color and just humanize us. And we don't, I mean, whether we're doing fantastic things or just the mundane, like we, we're still human, you know what I mean? And like, yeah. um, and also just, you know, my own way of kind of figuring out why, you know, I'm always curious as to why are people doing things? Why are you, why did you wake up this morning? Like what, mm-hmm. do you know something that I don't know? And could you tell me? <laughs> that's, kind yeah. of- that's an amazing perspective to have. That's like so- that's, that's how you grow, being willing to mm-hmm. be in community with folks and I learn some shit. want to talk to people. Yeah. You know. um, yes, I, I love it. <laughs> I want to steal some I questions real quick. From your podcast, the TSOB okay. podcast. Um, you should check it out. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, my go to for feeling sexy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Okay, I'm going to answer that question, and I know I'm not answering it the way I'm supposed to answer it, but I want to tell you that when I first came up with those questions, I was like, one day somebody's going to ask yep. me these questions, and I ain't going to have no answer. <laughs> because this is the shit I came up with. I ain't think about it for my damn self. Um, time. But you know what? My my go-to for feeling sexy these days is um, nudity. Like, I enjoy being as scantily clad as possible mm. and just, like, being very femme in that. So, like, being in the mirror and, like, just really being my in my Libra vein energy and just... <laughs> flipping my hair and just looking at my curves and just being like, yeah. So, yes. um, 
yeah, that's that's my go-to for feeling sexy these days. Hey. Just, like I have these these shorts down here that I'm like, as soon as I get off of here, I'm about to put these on. They like split all the way hey. to the side, so they kind of look like I'm like these ain't even real draws, but that's okay. I like them. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's what I yes. I draw on. Um, sexual freedom for Black folk is achieved when. Woo! Come on. <laughs> When we when we choose to make it happen, it is it is there for us. It is our birthright. When we decide we're going to do the work, that is when it'll happen. Mm. And it and it and it doesn't have to take a lot. It just has to take the intention. Yeah, true. And then and then uh, this is my question, I guess. Are you this? Always sounds so. And I'm just gonna answer it. Ask it. Are you happy? Mm, I am overjoyed. Yes. Yay. Yes. <laughs> I'm joyful. And I thank you for that question because I don't know that I could have said that even as much as a few months ago. Right. And so I'm grateful to be able to say that, yes, I'm happy. Oh, yay. And I thank you for that question. Oh, my gosh. Uh, now I'm curious. Did, were there any, like, just as a little tiny, 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 clip was there was there anything in particular that you did that made you that changed that for you yeah um so I won't go into the specifics Mm -hmm. but it was really about just this my whole journey and I think this is just the whole thing of like returning back to myself when I suffer it is because I am believing a lie about how the world works and about or about the power I have to create the life that I want or to have the experiences that I want. And so for me, and I want to be clear, I'm not, I'm not on no, like, there's no such thing as hardships. There's no such, that's not what I mean. I have gained so much power in being able to focus on the shit that map, like to mind my own fucking business. Gain so much energy back, like for real, for real, for real. Like when and what I said about the last forty, I'm like that in itself could be a whole fucking conversation. But when I tell you how much energy, like I feel like you talk about energy wasted or just energy lost, trying to focus on a motherfucker that don't give a shit about us. Like all I want to say. To quote the great Michael Jackson, all I want to say is that they don't really care about us. So when do we reach the point where we stop giving a shit about them, right? And so the minute I said, you know what? Let me focus on what I want. Let me focus on what I want to fucking do with my life. Mm -hmm. Let me focus on what I want to do with my energy. And stop feeling like, and and, and this last go round for me was really related to my professional life. I won't get into too many details, but I was, I've, been in work situations that weren't helping that were that were inauthentic to to how I move and how I'm most successful if you will and um being able to say you know what I'm okay I'm gonna pull this back I'm gonna pull my energy back I'm not gonna do this this way that has been and to see that it didn't result in the harm that I thought it would cause Mm, yes yes that's been where my smile I'm like okay yeah I can smile I love that and lastly what are you doing after this podcast (laughs) (laughs) I told you I'm gonna go get naked no um child I don't know 
honestly don't know, but I know whatever I'm going to do is going to be good. Yes. Yes. Well, Dr. G, this was amazing. Yeah, it was. Thank you for <laughs> talking to me. I've been wanting to talk to you for a while. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yes, you. Yes. And I thank you for your patience because that was part of why I didn't get back to your emails because my life was just so ridiculous and I had to reorganize. Mm. But I saw it and I was like, oh, wait a minute. Let me get back <laughs> to you. Come on, let's talk. So I'm glad we were able to make this happen. Yes, y'all. Um, check out everything. Um, Anti up. Check out. Uh, yeah, well, anti, well, I did that. That was last week. That was Bianca Loriano. So, okay. Anti Up is a series of speak, uh, of presenters that are all uh, Anti Up present. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Anti Up is professional development for Black sex educators and other. Well, not Black sex educators. All sexuality educators for professionals and those sorts of things. And right now, Bianca is doing a series called Black Sweat, which is Black folks who do the work who are presenting on their specialties. And so I did a presentation last week on my theory and my, my work with racialized sexuality, but there's like at least a dozen other ones that are coming. And so if you go to anti up PPD, anti up PD, sorry, anti up PD.com, you can see the series of all the folks that are presenting on different topics. And I mean, all types of topics. It's just black folks coming and talking about how dope they are in their work. Nice, 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 nice. So y'all check out, just, just follow, uh, Tracy Gilbert, just, just follow her. <laughs> now, I, can put the, I can put the podcast, uh, in the, yes. In the, uh, um, that's my baby right now that I'm really excited about. Um, and it, and um, it is, uh, the sex ed of black folks, black folk, T S O B. Um, make yes. sure to check it out. It's, I love it. I love it. It's just so much, um, Yay! just rich conversation and yeah, just kind of put it, you know, press play and I just listen that. to it. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> yes. Thank you for saying that. Cause you put, we put a lot of work into it. So it's like, mm. it's like, it's beautiful when people are like, Oh, y'all listening. Okay. Yes. yes. And you know what? I like the company. I like that you feel it's not so like academic. Like if it's, it feels like, yeah. um, anybody can it's listen. Absolutely and, not yes. meant to be. You know, that's the absolute point, even though even though the other part of it is that I I'm not a person that can just do kind of surface titillating talk. Mm -hmm. I'm an I'm an academic. I'm an intellectual. So I'm going to bring theory. I'm going to bring those things in. But like I do that with my friends. And so that's what you're hearing is me chopping it up with people that I'm like, let's let's just be friends real quick and talk about this topic intellectually. Yes. And so that's what I hope that everybody can feel like it's accessible to them. And, and even if you might have to look up a few things, like they're like, it's, it's for you that you can enjoy it too. For me, that's when it's the best. When I, when I have to like look up, I'm like, Oh, okay. Cause I just, I just like learning. So it's like, Oh, that's it. So yeah. <laughs> Y'all, this was awesome. Thank you everyone who, who tuned in, who, who uh, commented, asked questions. Thank you uh, to yes. Dr. G. Um, this will be up uh, the next few days on YouTube and it'll also be up um, wherever, you know, podcasts are available. Check out Random Conversations with Elizabeth, y'all. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Dr. G. And I hope you have a really, thank really good you. night. <laughs> thank you, you too. Thanks, everybody, for being here. I'll see y'all all around. Bye, y'all. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>